it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks once again for joining me. Last week, the federal government released the annual budget statement. To talk about it from the perspective of people who are blind or vision impaired, we're joined by Corey Crawford, Blind Citizens Australia's Policy Officer. Corey, thanks for being part of this week's program. Thank you very much for having me, Vaughan. Lots to uh, unpack from the federal budget, but the first, uh, the first thing is the increase to spending on the NDIS this year. But that comes with a statement of targeted growth uh, limited to 8%. How do you think that's going to affect blinded vision impaired people in the long term? Yeah, that's at the top of the list for, for what I've made notes on, on the budget, the NDIS, and, and you're right. So National Cabinet a couple of weeks ago came to a decision to uh, place an 8% annual growth target on the NDIS, which is currently growing at around 14%, which is the fastest growing area of, of federal government expenditure. And the federal government has stressed, though, in, in various fora that it's not a cap and that the NDIS will remain a demand-driven service. Uh, but yeah, there will be an additional $733 million over the, the next four years. But in terms of the, the growth, I suppose we'll wait and see what, what that will be ultimately. But I, I do know that there have been many people who are concerned in the disability sector, and it is something that BCA is, is fairly concerned about as well. I think they have spooked the horses to some degree. I think people were expecting that a Labor government particularly would be more sympathetic to the NDIS cause and people have been quite upset. So I think it's maybe not a bad thing though that people in the disability sector have voiced their concerns and I think it's a good thing that the government is listening and, and that's why they have been so strenuous in saying that it is a target. Uh, I think because there, there is that real level of apprehension in the community about the, the ultimate viability of the NDIS in the years and decades to come. There was quite a lot of emphasis on the uh, removal of fraud and other inefficiencies that uh, they're, they're spending quite a bit of money on over the next few years to try and stamp out um, you know, poor practice and inefficient working of the scheme. Do you think that that's enough to bring the growth down under that 8% uh, target? Yeah, it's interesting. There are some figures out um, that, that have been uh, publicised about 15 to 20% of the NDIS could possibly be affected by misuse or fraud in some capacity, which is obviously billions of dollars. So that's very concerning. I wouldn't say that would solve all of the problems with the NDIS. I know that state and territory governments have enjoyed having the NDIS because it means they've been able to cut back on some of their programs and hand the problem over to the federal government. So I wouldn't just say removing fraud or waste will magically solve all of the problems with the NDIS, but I think it will actually go some way towards uh, making the, the scheme more viable, ultimately. 
And of course, this all comes back to the NDIS review, which is currently uh, in progress and uh, I think is set to continue for the next 12 months or so. Yes, we've got at BCA just next week, we'll be having a discussion with certain members who uh, are interested or, or are affected by the NDIS. So we're very very keen to, to hear people's views about what's happening with the NDIS in their own lives. And yes, it is, we're, we're a little unsure about how, how long the review will go uh, because we've received some funding to hold consultations even though sort of the, the funding overhangs when our submission is due. So I think we'll be doing one submission in, in the next six weeks or so and then probably another one later in the year. So uh, still a lot to cover on the NDIS front. Uh, and the political term is uh, ticking along as well uh, in terms of that we'll eventually be looking to having a federal election in the next couple of years. So that will perhaps affect timelines as well in terms of decisions that need to be made. So we're, we're keen for the review process to take place and, and hopefully for things to improve for people on the NDIS. One of the other key things that came out of the budget for me was uh, money put into affordable uh, and social housing. Nothing mentioned, to my knowledge, though, about the provision of accessible housing. Has there been any word on that? Not that I can see. One thing that we have noticed and we think is a good thing in the climate change and energy portfolio, there's going to be $1.3 billion set aside to establish a household energy upgrades fund. So that will help energy performance and save energy uh, generally in the community and, and for people who are blind or vision impaired often they run their own businesses uh, whether that's their full-time occupation or, or something they do on the side so that will help them but that's more indirect uh, you're right Vaughan in terms of direct assistance there hasn't been much offered unfortunately in this budget. And of course, there's the cost of living increase that's been applied to the uh, employment assistance. Yeah, there's there's JobSeeker, which I think is $40 a fortnight. Uh, and there are other things like youth allowance and, and study allowances, uh, which will also increase by $40. Uh, there are certain targets as well for, for job seekers over the age of 55. They'll receive slightly more. I know that there are uh, allowances for people with children um, under the age of 14 now uh, will receive additional funding through Centrelink. So uh, again, it's not across the board changes. They are quite targeted, um, but hopefully there, there will be people listening to this who will be benefiting from those changes. Well, hopefully there will. Unfortunately, of course, uh, most people who are on the uh, disability support pension uh, aren't eligible for job seeker, but uh, they they can get an Ausstudy pensioner uh, education supplement. One thing that may impact uh, quite positively, though, on some is the increase to rent assistance. Yes, that's true. We have a, a national crisis over housing, and it's been decades in the making. And I don't think any one budget could ever address it. But any little process or any little steps that could be taken. I think are welcome and and even um, uh, there there are people at BCA um, who themselves have struggled finding rentals just in recent times. So it, it is affecting people in in our community, our, our part of the community as well, and and it's just really difficult. So anything that can be done, I think, is is very welcome. Mm. What about the budget? Do you think is the most exciting for the blind and vision impaired community at the moment? 
There are a couple of things which maybe haven't been widely reported in the media. Uh, one thing that, that we're quite uh, excited about in the emergency management portfolio, there's going to be $10.1 million set aside over the next two years, and that's to scope out the capability needs to modernise Australia's emergency service communications network. Um, so that will help link federal, state and territory government agencies uh, to mobile broadband services. So we're, we're really receptive towards that. Our National Policy Council at BCA, we're working on an emergency management and, and emergency preparedness plan at the moment. Um, that's our big policy item for this year. So anything in that area which can make communication of natural disasters more accessible for people who are blind or vision impaired, that's really, really strongly welcomed by us. Uh, there are other announcements as well which maybe haven't received as much media attention as other things mentioned in the, the budget, uh, but one of them in the aged care portfolio, there's $10.9 million which will be set aside in 2024-25 to run a trial to test products and services for a new assistive technologies loan program. So that's only going to occur in two states and territories. There haven't been more details released about that, but assistive technology is something that improves lives for people who are blind or vision impaired. So we're looking forward to seeing what happens with that. Also in the aged care portfolio, we do know sadly that there are people who are blind or vision impaired who end up in aged care uh, facilities much sooner than they would like to be uh, because they simply don't have anywhere else to go. So there's going to be $7.3 million over the next three years uh, in terms of a package of initiatives to help reduce the number of people living in residential aged care. So hopefully there will be some people listening who, who might benefit from that. I noticed that uh, the ABC and SBS are set to receive five-yearly funding as opposed to three-yearly, and uh, audio description is guaranteed for the next five years. And that's very exciting. We have put a lot of effort over the years into campaigning for audio descriptive services here at BCA. So any steps to further advance that cause we're very excited about. And yeah, I suppose having having more long-term funding for the ABC and SBS might uh, depoliticize uh, those arrangements to some degree and certainly provide some stability in terms of things like audio description because we know that with fewer people watching conventional broadcast television that uh, the commercial stations are looking at that as an excuse to not fund captioning and, and audio description as much as they should. So hopefully uh, the public broadcasters are able to lead the charge in that regard. Moving away from the budget, Corey, what else is uh, Blind Citizens Australia's policy team working on at the moment? So over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking particularly at electric vehicles, which, as we know, are becoming more and more common uh, on the streets and uh, in car parks and everywhere else where you may expect cars to be. Uh, so we've been we've made a we're working on a submission for the uh, federal government's uh, acoustic vehicle alert system uh, submissions that, that they are working on at the moment. Um, so that's that's important and and it looks like they are going to adopt an avis system as it's called uh, but we're trying to emphasize certain 
tweaks to what they're suggesting. And the Victorian Parliament, one of their committees, is also looking at similar issues in terms of road safety during the COVID and post-COVID era. So we're looking particularly uh, at road safety as well as the ongoing review of transport review of transport standards that's been going on for several weeks and and we're working on that at bca as well so quite a lot on the road safety and electric vehicles front so we made a submission just before easter to south australia about their disability inclusion plan and we use that as an opportunity to advocate for voting rights for people who are blind or vision impaired living in south australia so that's an important submission and we do know that in the south australian parliament there is bipartisan support for improving access to uh, particular uh, electoral systems and voting systems over there. Uh, yes, so Sally, our CEO here at BCA, she uh, spoke with Jack at a joint standing uh, committee for, for a federal parliamentary committee for uh, electoral matters. So they spoke uh, about voting accessibility at a federal level. Uh, Jack has also presented recently at a round table uh, in terms of accessible voting. So there's been quite a lot done in the voting area. Uh, towards the end of last year as well, Jack made a submission about the New South Wales uh, scrapping of iVote, unfortunately. So we've been looking quite closely at, at uh, electoral engagement for people who are blind or vision impaired. Unfortunately, in some areas, it seems as though we're regressing, but we're making sure to improve things wherever we can. Well, Corey, thanks for your time, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you, Vaughan. Thank you for having me. Corey Crawford there, Policy Officer with Blind Citizens Australia. If you would like to comment to BCA on the budget or anything else, you can contact BCA by emailing bca at bca.org.au. That's bca at bca.org.au. Or, of course, you can call 1-800-033-660. 1-800-033-660 at any time. There's always information available on the telephone information service. And, of course, if you'd like to uh, speak to somebody i do suggest you do that during business hours don't forget to have a look at the bca website there's all sorts of information there about blindness and vision impairment and policies affecting blind and vision impaired people bca.org.au is the important web address there i'm vaughan benison i'll talk to you again next week we'll achieve the realization of a dream